You hear that, you guys? We made it. It's almost over. 2020 is about to wrap up. Talk about building resilience. If you live through 2020, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you are indeed alive, you undoubtedly grew this year. Probably against your will, but you did and you made it and it's almost done. But before that, December for me is the month of hope, joy, the birth of Jesus. It's a great month. And I'm choosing this year to let it be the best month of the year, to slow down, to breathe deep, and to just celebrate that this year is done. This dumpster fire is almost behind us. More hope, more joy, more Merry Mary, and just a little more Jody to get you ready for Christmas. Thanks for tuning in. Merry Christmas and welcome back to the More Jody podcast. Today I have the privilege of interviewing Kaylin Baker. She is the founder of the Canvas Candle Company out of Vancouver. They are known for their luxury soy candles. All of her candles are poured in small batches with phthalate free fragrance. I can't say that you guys. I say it over and over. I have made this intro a million times. I'm not starting again. Phthalate free fragrance and essential oils, as well as natural cotton wicks and reusable containers. It's becoming their mission to provide a higher quality, healthier, and safer candle option for those looking to make healthier choices in their lives. You guys, that's us. We are the future. So her candles are beautiful. They're trendy. You should go check out her website and buy some. They're great stocking stuffers. She has a sister-sister candle you could give to your sister or your best friend who's like your sister. So anyways, I hope you enjoy this message today. I know it really inspired my heart and it really made me think about what's possible in my life if I put my mind to it. Merry Christmas, Kaylin, and welcome to the More Jody podcast. Thank you, Jody. I'm so excited to be on here. I know. I'm super excited too. And are you all ready for Christmas? Um, I'm usually a last minute shopper, but I mean, I'm trying to shop local this year. So that makes it a little bit easier and just kind of within my own community. And I don't really have to worry about a lot of shipping. So we'll just say, sure, I'm ready. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why not? Well, it's such a weird Christmas. I, I love to make goodies and give them out to people and stuff, which now this year I'm like, people probably don't want my goodies. And then my, like today there was an air mile sale with chocolate chips and I'd already bought the huge chocolate chips thing at Costco. And then my husband, I could literally probably have like eight pounds of chocolate chips as of today. And I'm like, I'm not even going to a party. Like, where am I even going to take this chocolate? I don't. Who is all this for? (laughs) For no reason. For no reason at all. (laughs) Apparently I'm like, oh, but yeah, still feeling the holiday spirit. So that's always good. Totally. So I am super excited about you. So first of all, what you don't know about me is I absolutely love candles. So I sold candles for four years for party light, four or five years. I wouldn't say I was like a big deal. Like I didn't get real high up in my multi-level marketing, but I really, really loved it. And I had a lot of fun with it. And so I still, like, I still have candles and I love candles, buy candles. And when all my friends were having kids and my friends would be like, oh, I don't burn candles anymore. We have children. I was like, who cares? Like, I will take the (laughs) risk. Like my commitment to the candle burning (laughs) was really strong. And I'm also the person known to pop out of the house briefly to go to the store and leave a candle burning because I don't want it to funnel. Like that's how high, right? Oh my gosh. Wow. Commitment level, like expert. (laughs) Super high commitment. And I would have like three wicks and I'd be like, you have to hug the edges. Like I was such a committed candle burner. So until last year, before anyone sends me messages, until last year, the neighbor's house across the street burnt down. And so I don't leave them anymore. Like I've had those moments though, where I look at them and I'm like, oh, I'm going to regret blowing this out. Snuffing it. I use a snuffer. Like I am. I'm legit. So wow, I was just gonna say, yeah, you are legit. Most people don't know about the snuffers and the like right? tunneling and all that fun stuff. So I hope I get like five gold stars from you. You do. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I was. We know each other from Business for Business, which is a networking group. Yeah, we've kind of chatted about business and kind of know a little bit of each other's personalities. But I was really excited because one, I love candles. So. Yours are extra awesome. They're hipster, they're modern and trendy. So I'm just going to brag for you 
for you for a quick second, if that's okay. Thank you. Um, so first of all, your candles are so much healthier than a lot of stuff that we're all burning, whether we've bought it at HomeSense or Walmart. And yours are made in small batches using 100% North American grown soy wax. They are, I can never say this word, falfalate. Phthalate. Phthalate. I was like, yeah. this, this, this is speech. I need some speech help. Um, um, <laughs> phthalate. You say it. Say it. What is they're, it? They're phthalate free. Phthalate free. Yeah, phthalate free. Fragrance oils, as well as pure essential oils, natural cotton wicks, and reusable containers. So mm-hmm. I love that, first of all. Then your packaging is super cool, and you have scents like Best Coast, Sister Sister, Fireside, Woodland and many more. So just a lot of really cool options. And I wanted to have you on the podcast around Christmas because I think it'd be really cool for people to go visit your website, which is canvascandleco.com and check out what you have. You have lots of different box package options, presents people can just send to their favorite, I don't know, cool hipster. I want to buy my sister, 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 right? Yeah. That's like our most popular sister gift. (laughs) Right? I love everything about your business and I just love business. So then with that, of course, came questions about where has Kaylin come from? You know, what's her journey in business? And so that's why I called you on here today because we've also discussed, which I want to get into as we discuss your journey, imposter syndrome and how a lot of successful people, there's just this lie that, um, you, it's like, you forget that you've earned it. You forget that you got yourself here, that you've had this journey, but the lie is that you didn't earn it. You're a fraud. And I looked up quotes for this cause I'm always looking up quotes and there were no good quotes. So then I made up my own quote and it was lies can't survive under the light. So the more we oh, call out, that. right? See, I'm going to put this yeah. on, on something and put my logo on it. Um, but lies can't survive under the light. So that's where I feel like the more we talk about and normalize some of these feelings and the more I can, or like people in your life can affirm that that's not true of you, mm-hmm. the lies can't survive. Exactly. Right. So tell us about your journey as a candlestick maker. Oh my goodness. It's been a journey. <laughs> Um, so my journey into candles was kind of not candle related at all. I kind of just happened into this business. It started out as a hobby, just something that I was looking to do for like friends and family. Um, I had seen sort of a gap in the market. And as I started doing more research into, um, the candle industry, I noticed that there was a lot of nasty, nasty Mm. things being put into candles. Um, Fragrance in a lot of cases can be super toxic. Um, The type of wax being used can be super toxic. So I actually became super passionate about um, the health and education around candles and fragrance products in general. So that's what kind of drew me into it. But sort of pre-candle life, what um, led me into business, I guess, is I have always been pretty entrepreneurial. Um, It's always been sort of a passion of mine, um, right from like when I was a little kid with like the lemonade stand on the corner. Like my mom will tell you stories about like, you know, I'd have the lemonade stand out there, but we built this one and we, I grew up in a small town called Coquitlam. Well, it was small back then, but not so small anymore. Um, and <laughs> we actually built a stand. We took it from like a lemonade stand to a slushy stand and we called it Coquitlam Coolies. And it was like, we had like electric blenders, like everything. Oh so I feel like I was kind of just born with this drive to, um, I guess like serve people and have a sort of product-based business, which was kind of cool. Um, and my education, so I went to BCIT and I studied marketing communications. From there, I kind of, I ended up actually in the shopping center industry. So I was actually marketing the centers themselves. Um, I was lucky enough to work for um, a company who opened the shops at Morgan Crossing, which is in South Surrey. And then I was working at Park Royal for um, a few years as well. So between doing marketing and, and events for them, and then moving over into leasing, I got a really good understanding of sort of the retail landscape, the retail market, what all these other brands were doing, seeing beautiful brands like Anthropology. Mm-hmm. Um, 
doing like the window displays and the products that were really, really, really selling for them sort of sparked a passion for branding for me. And it was something that I knew that if I ever did something, it had to be beautiful. It was something that people would want to pick up and touch and bring into their homes. So I feel like my background in marketing um, actually is kind of what gave me my eye for design when it comes to my own company and my own branding. Um, so after <laughs> I actually got really burned out working in the shopping center industry. Um, and the reason being is because I was just finding that marketing to people who were consuming without meaning was just becoming very exhausting for me. Um, it was, there was no meaning behind it. And I was like, I'm literally basically marketing to people to try to get them to spend dollars for things that they don't need that is leading to these huge brands getting bigger. And in the shopping center, when I was working in leasing, I was seeing all these really cool niche um, shops getting pushed out of the shopping center and these larger brands coming in. And I was like, it just, just didn't feel right to me. And um, it became kind of soulless work for me. And that's why I decided to leave. So I left there. I think when I was like 25, I just made the decision and I have never, like, I'm not the type of person that will just like quit something and just leave. But honestly, it just came to me one day and I was like, I can't work here another single day. And I gave my two weeks. I didn't have another job. And I was like, peace out. I'm done. I can't do this. Like my soul can't handle this. And, um, after that, I took a couple months off to just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And I somehow ended up in the golf industry, which is interesting because I've never golfed at the time, had never golfed in my life, like never even touched a golf club. Like I had no idea what the industry was about. I didn't even know a single thing. I'd never watched golf. I never knew anything except for who Tiger Woods was. And, um, <laughs> and so uh, these two guys hired me. They trusted me and it was awesome. It, I worked for a golf club that needed a lot of help in the areas that I could help them in and the parts that I was really passionate about. They were a smaller golf club. Um, it was member owned so that it wasn't like working for a corporation. When nice. you worked there, it was like you were part of the family and you know, like I put everything that I had into that job because I wanted the members to have a place to um, come and enjoy. And, you know, so I really worked hard at that job. But what I was finding with that job is in the golf industry, the creative side of it is very inside of the box. You know, I was marketing to uh, older demographic, um, mostly men that didn't really care about what the font of your right. newsletter looked like, right? <laughs> like they don't really care. Um, as long as the greens are good and they can get a tea time yeah. and there's cold beer waiting for them, they don't really care. Yeah. And those are the things like from a branding perspective that I was really passionate about. So I was finding in that role while I loved it, I also was sort of lacking that side um, of creativity. Yeah. And um, so that's when I kind of started searching for something that would be a little bit of a creative outlet for myself. Um, my best friend at the time had just started a jewelry company and she was working, she was making all the jewelry. She signed up for a bunch of markets and she would always call me like a couple of days before and like, I'm not going to the market. I can't do this. Like, it's too scary. She was super talented at making jewelry, but she was not a people person at the time. Right. So I was like, no, no, like, I'll come with you. It's fine. We'll just like, we'll crush this market. Like, let's do this. So I would go, I would like be her little salesperson and she would sit and make the jewelry and talk to people about it. And it was really cool. It was a great way that I got to hang out with my best friend. But um, I noticed there was a gap in the market. There was no one doing candles. And the people that were doing candles, they were doing like these like funky colored ones with like fragrances that were so strong and um, like give you a headache kind of thing. Right. And I was like, you know what? There's like nothing that's in the handmade market. Of course I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, just looking for someone who's doing this and there was nothing. So I was like, I'm going to start playing around with this. And I feel that I was really lucky to actually come into the market at a time where, um, sort of, I call it the handmade revolution was happening. 
where people were really like shifting their thinking into shopping from like big box to um, small community shops. And I was lucky to, I think, have a good marketing and sales background where I could make connections and really get my brand out there. And I would like send free product to, you know, like magazines and bloggers and anyone who would talk about my product. So it was really, it kind of just happened. And I remember when I first started my business, I was like, okay, so for this entire year of 2016, my sales goal is $3,800. And like, <laughs> honestly, I, where the hell I came up with $3,800 for an entire year? Like, I have no idea. Like, like don't even ask me. too much, but $3,800 <laughs> yeah. is just right. Yeah. It's like $3,800. And I like literally still have the Excel spreadsheet that says all of this and like where this money was going to come from. But I, so anyways, within a couple months I had done that and I was like, Oh, Whoa, like that's pretty cool. <laughs> I like I beat my goals. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I beat my annual goal in a few months. Like sweet. Um, so I started to kind of like lean into that a little bit more, but the thing was, is working full-time mm -hmm. and doing a side hustle almost full-time um, really, really drove me into the ground. Um, and I got to the point where I was like super burnt out. I actually sort of had a little bit of a breakdown to the point where I needed to not, I didn't shut canvas down, but I slowed it down. And this was just after my first year anniversary with the company. Um, but I definitely slowed it down. I took a step back and I was like, okay, what do I really want? And I started focusing on myself and figuring out basically balance and self-care and all the things that I never knew I needed before. So, you know, it was really bad. It was like to the point where I like wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating. I was working 24 hours a day because I just had such strong tunnel vision for this brand that I could see right. getting there. And then when I had sort of this, like, I, I don't want to call it a mental breakdown, but it was like more of a physical breakdown. Um, it was scheduled eating, scheduled sleeping, like really just taking it easy and not planning anything, not committing. Cause I'm a total overcommitter. I used to take on every responsibility that I could possibly take on. It was like you couldn't and shut off at all. I couldn't shut off. And it literally consumed me between like my personal life working full time at the golf club. And then with the business, because I was starting to have such a strong passion with the business, um, because it was that creative side that had been sort of shut down for so long. Right. And I was finally feeling that passion again. And I like, when you feel passionate about something and you let it in fully and you embrace it, it's intoxicating. And that's what it was. And it, I just had this crazy tunnel vision that I actually drove myself into the ground. So I had to relearn. And, you know, like I did a lot of inner work on figuring out the reasons that I thought it was okay to just work 24 seven and, um, you know, like neglect my self care and neglect myself in order to like achieve these goals. So that's something that I've really had to work on as like an individual within my company like learning to set boundaries so that I'm not, you know, working more than hopefully 40 hours a week. And is that something you like learned like growing up or something, or was that something that you yeah. just took on yourself? You know, I think it was really hard. Like my mom, um, was like a very, very, very successful, um, psychologist growing up. And she was, she was a really hard worker and she was super involved in, you know, industry stuff. And so I saw that in her. Right. Right. And I think I just thought that that's, that's just how you work. Right. right. And, um, unfortunately the same thing happened to her, but it was much later in life and it's been such a struggle for her to get back to like a healthy place. So I definitely think it was like a learned behavior. Um, so that happened to me when I was 28, I had like my burnout and I'm 33 now and I've definitely, in the last five years come a long way and really learn to catch myself before I kind of like yeah. go down that spiral of like feeling burnt out and sacrificing myself. And, you know, it's not necessarily that it comes to putting others first, 
but I, I truly believe that if you don't take care of yourself first, you really can't take care of anything else. Like totally. you, can't pour, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. So left. yeah, exactly. So when I kind of learned to pick the pieces up and take care of myself like a normal human, um, then I was able to kind of like put the train back on the rails and um, really just continue to grow my business. So in my second year of business, I actually, um, we saw a lot of growth. So I doubled my sales from the first year, all while I was still working full time. Oh and it was crazy. And um, it was really interesting because I got to the point in my job where they had hired a different manager. Him and I just like did not see eye to eye, like on a lot of things, like basically like direction of the company, um, <laughs> ethics. Um, so it just became a really hard environment for me to work in um, because I'm very, I like to think that I'm very honest and I, you know, just some of the ethics that were coming into that job were not what I agreed with. So it was becoming very hard for me to work there. Um, and I was actually let go from that job in November, 2018, like super suddenly. And I, it just like knocked me off the rails again. I was like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? Like, Especially because a perfectionist doesn't get fired. No, like you're exactly you're, right. Like you're like, no, yeah. no, no, this doesn't happen to someone like me. I do all the things right. Totally. And it, yeah. it like, it literally came down to, I was like pulling out cause I worked partially on commission and I was like pulling out my sales numbers. And I was like, I hit and exceeded all the goals that you set for me. Like I don't yeah. understand. And it's just like, my brain could not compute. Like when he actually told me that they were letting me go, I was like silent for like 30 seconds. Like I didn't say a single thing. And he was just like, so do you <laughs> understand what I'm saying to you? And I was like, i like in my head, I'm like, no, I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. Like this isn't, the numbers are right there. Like I don't get it. Yeah. But anyways, um, you know, once I got over the ego part of like being let go from a job that I'd like, I felt that I had poured like so much into, I could see that actually this is a whole new opportunity being created for me. And yeah. a week after I was let go from my job, I got the largest order um, that my company had gotten at the time. So we, I got an order for 8,200 candles. What? Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. So I went from like working full time and working part time or basically full time at my job to now just doing my candle business. And wow. it was so scary. Like I had nowhere to work. I <laughs> like, it was just, there was so Were you things. still in your house, like doing this out of your house then? No. So I had, um, a small studio space. It was 190 square feet, um, that I rented from a guy who owned a circus school. <laughs> so literally well, that didn't work out. You could always join the circus. So that's no, good. like literally we used to joke that <laughs> working at canvas candle company was a circus because it, it was working out of 190 <laughs> square feet and trying to produce eight, like over 8,000 candles. Let me tell you, it's a circus. And was it just um, you by yourself at that point? No. So I hired some people to help me part-time. Um, and it was just like friends who needed extra work and yeah. you know, whatever, but it was so cool. And it was so fun. And I really like within that first little couple of weeks, once I got over the ego part of like, Oh my gosh, I just lost my job. Yeah. I, really was like, oh my gosh. It was like this veil fell over me. And for the first time I was like seeing like what I was meant to do. And I was like, this feels so amazing. Like, I can't believe that I have this opportunity. And it's interesting because I was always like a very insecure person with numbers, like, okay. or sorry, with money, like money for me equaled security. And for whatever reason, when I switched over to having my own company full-time that just like melted away and wow which would you th people would think would be the opposite totally and you know what I, I can't figure it out because like there's some times where like my line of credit is maxed my like right. credit my business credit card is maxed and like if something were to happen I would owe all of this money but I'm I'm just like you know what it's okay because like the money is going to come back to me because I've got all these orders that are going right. like, to fill that and here's the profit from that and it's it was really weird because I used to let that fear of 
um, not having enough money holds me back in so many ways from things that I wanted to do in my life. But switching over into entrepreneurship full time, it was a really strong, um, like I had to learn very quickly to just let things go. Like, yeah, you can't control things. And if you try to control them, the more you try to control them, the more sideways that they're going to go. And well, look at the world right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is like, oh my so, goodness. that's such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So once I kind of let that go, um, it let things flow a lot more and it took the anxiety like off of me so that I could actually focus on the things that I need to focus on. Um, so that I got laid off in November. I was like slammed busy until probably like middle of January and then things slowed down. And then that's when I really was like, Oh my goodness, this is my full-time job. What the hell? That's so cool. And, but it was cool, but it was also really hard. Like I got into like some major, major imposter syndrome. Yeah. Especially with like being let go from my job, being like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't even good enough to do marketing and sales for this company. Who do I think I am that's going to do this for my company? And, you know, it was like probably three months that I like purposely didn't put any, any like effort beyond filling the orders that were coming in by themselves, like into my business. Like I didn't even post on social media for three months and it was just coming from a place of like fear and not believing in myself and not thinking that I was worthy of, of doing this. And, um, you know, like I kind of, like my boyfriend has really helped me with that. And he's like, this is all you talked about when you were working full time. Like you have this opportunity to do this. Yeah. Like get your head out of your ass and figure it out. Yeah. Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. So, so when I was done feeling sorry for myself, (laughs) um, you know, I pushed myself and I figured it out and I went and I, I talked to someone to come up with some like good skills on how to deal with, um, you know, not feeling like I was worthy of, um, owning my own business and just letting go of, you know, some of the stuff from being let go from my job and that kind of thing. So is a really big growth period, but yeah, I think probably letting, learning to let go is probably the thing that got me through, um, to the point that we're at now within the company. And what point are you at now? Like how big is your company now? Yeah. So, um, well, earlier this year when COVID hit, I was still actually working out of that 190 square foot <laughs> little room. That's amazing. So, yeah. We, except we extended into like a huge storage locker as well. So we did like all of our shipping and stuff out of the storage locker and then the actual production out of the 190 square foot room. And, um, this year I had plans to move into a new studio and when COVID hit, I, everything shut down for two weeks and I had like no sales coming through. I was like, well, <laughs> what am I going to do now? We had a good run. Yeah, we had yeah. a good run. Like, I mean, good thing my rent's low at the, the studio, right? Yeah. And um, I had my little freak out for a couple of days. And then I was like, no, I just need to let this go. Like, I need to let this go. I can't control what's happening. Like, I have a company. I still have resources to do things. So it kind of pivoted. And I was like, you know what? Um our business has the ability to bring comfort with the ability to bring peace. We have the ability to help people ground themselves. We have the ability to take someone out of the moment that they're in. And so what we actually did is um, we put together over a hundred care packages that had candles, like bath salts, um, positive affirmation cards, and just some like, cards that we created that were like helping people to remember what they were grateful for. Um, just gratitude practice. Right. And we donated them to, um, care homes, to, um, hospital workers, basically to anyone who we thought would need them. And I was like, that just felt so cool. And then 
you know, even though like we weren't necessarily pushing sales because I didn't feel that it was appropriate right. to be right. asking people to spend money with us when they were losing their jobs. There right. was like panic and chaos going on. Like it was toilet paper mageddon out there. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's just so much going on. And again, I was like, who am I to be asking people to spend dollars with us right now? Like we're here if you need us. And it was awesome. The small business community pulled together and like our local community pulled together and started buying local and supporting local. And a lot of the stores that our candles are sold in, like, so our retailers, um, their sales started to pick up in April. Once people were a little bit more comfortable, our online sales started to pick up and it actually allowed us to uh, take the leap and move into a larger studio space. So in August, I moved into a 1,400 square foot warehouse space. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, that you must was get like, lost in there now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So we <laughs> actually, when we moved in, um, so there's 700 square feet on the bottom, 700 on the top floor. And when we moved in, I was like, I'm going to rent the top floor out because we're not going to need it because we've been working out of 190 square feet and now we've got 700. And <laughs> within two months, I was like, we can't rent the top space. Like we need all of this. So it's been amazing to have that growth, um, in my company, which is probably like, I should have done this beforehand. It would have made things a lot easier, but, um, you know, it was just like fear that I let yeah. hold, hold me back. Um, but now that we're here, we've been, this year has been fairly good for us. Um, it's been a good season so far. I, I feel very fortunate to actually have a product that we can, like I said before, like bring people comfort and help, help them have peace and grounding within their homes right now, because it's really, mm -hmm. oh, this world right now is, it's a whole lot of things. <laughs> well, and I think too, like a few of the things, um, that I'm thinking, people need to us to talk a little bit more about is the soulless work. And it's like, if, if a person can see what you see now, so you've done the work that just feels like, what is the point of this? And I think about what you're saying with malls and like consumption, 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 and it's not quality. It's just stuff, stuff, stuff. And I get how your brain was like, I don't want any part of this. And um, even just thinking about, I think a lot about how, this always comes up in my head, how my Nana, she passed away. Like she was born in 1934, but she would get like one orange in her stocking at Christmas. And it was just like the biggest deal. And I think about how, because we've been like, especially I want to say like the nineties, but the whole goal was like big house, lots of stuff, big car, trailer. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in Alberta. Like I always want to say like the land of milk and honey, where there was a lot of money right? Yeah. And stuff. And the value was put on what you can get. And, but like, so I love that you mentioned soulless work and that you mentioned just the, the desire for consumption and, and your body's like physical kind of response to not wanting to be part of that. But I think with that, if you could look at how you felt when you had that soulless work, but the fears that you had that were kind of like holding you in that job. Like you said, the insecurity about like, I'm not a person who's going to go without a job. I'm going to always have, you know, this job to rely on. And then you said how your fear of something washed away. What fear was it? You said washed away. Um, my fear of um, like not having enough money. Right. And so you, the lie is when you're in that soulless work is that you'll never be able to get over that fear. And then it just was gone. And yeah. that's right. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's so interesting because, um, I really just found, and I, I've done a lot of research into sort of human behavior and what drives us as humans. And one thing that I've really found interesting is a lot of people have an internal um, sense of control and there's a lot of people that have an external sense of control. So those that have the internal sense of control will look at a situation and be like, okay, I've got this. I've got the power to shift right. and change and figure out a way to do this. And a lot of the time, like that perspective comes from a place of gratitude because they realize that they have the opportunity to change something. Mm -hmm. um, 
it comes from a place of um, wanting a better outcome. And then the external um, control that a lot of people have is fear-based. And it's like, totally. oh, I, I, I can't do that because of this. And, you know, and what I find is that the people that, and I totally used to have that, that perception where it's like, oh, I can't not have a paycheck come in every two weeks because that's scary. And like, what if I can't pay my bills? And, you know, now I feel like I definitely have more of an internal kind of sense of control. And it's so interesting. Like I, there's quite a few other candle companies or entrepreneurs that will reach out to me and, you know, just like touch base and be like, love what you're doing. Like, can you give like, what's your advice? And, you know, they're looking for little snippets and stuff like that. And like, I'll always say like, you can do whatever you want. And like, if you believe that you can't, then you're, you're totally you're right. right. Like, yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. And like, I'll have, there's like one girl who reaches out to me sometimes and, you know, she'll always say things like, oh, I wish that I could have a company that's as big as you. And I'm like, it kind of makes me angry. It's kind of and annoying. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, but why can't you? Like, I didn't just wake up one day and yeah. have this company and then just like, you know, whatever. Like, I had a freaking physical breakdown because I was trying to build this company. Like, there's so yeah. many sacrifices. Like, I've made so many mistakes, lost, lost money at periods of times. Like, you know, like, why can't you do this? Yeah. Like, if you and don't can, act like I didn't work for it but it's not even about that. It's just like, it kind of makes me mad that like that person can't value themselves. Right. Like right. do your work and you can do this too. Probably maybe better than what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Like it just is so crazy to me how, um, I feel like I'm in a place of alignment right now because yeah. I was able to overcome a lot of those fears and a lot of those sort of like in the box thinking and um, totally. And yeah. And I think if I didn't, it's ironic because I, I think if I didn't get let go from that job, I wouldn't have been able to see all these things. So well, I mean, your whole journey is like a journey of mindset shifts. Totally. hundred percent. Like, that's just what kept coming up as I'm listening to your stories. I'm like, it's like, you're thinking small. And yet you clearly, when you talk about, you know, just recognizing how stuff just didn't feel right with you. And you were like, I have to leave this behind today. Like I can't do this another day. Like it was so strong inside you. And I think, I think everybody, like, I'm not someone who, um, I don't craft very well. Like I can't, <laughs> I can do like a two hour, you know, painted wood project, but like, I'm not yeah, in yeah. It for the long haul kind of thing, but I know how I feel if I don't like get into the woods for a hike or if I like, there's certain things in yeah. my body that like, if I don't cook, like I'll decide that, um, I have another episode for the month of December about stress. And I'm the girl who will make like 13 kinds of squares because I'm like, I just love to cook. Right. It's hence like all my, the chocolate chips, hence all the chocolate chips in my <laughs> cupboard right now. But like, so that's the sort of thing where when you love something like the, the creativity fires up your body, your soul, your, your vibrance almost. Right. Totally. And so seeing how you, like, there's obviously a part, you didn't really articulate it, but there's obviously a part at the very beginning where I should get clear. Did you have a moment where you're like, why am I doing this for these people and not for myself? Like the marketing. Oh my and gosh. Okay. So I actually had the craziest experience happen. Um, this was like leading up to just being completely burnt out. But um, I was probably about six months into my business. I just moved into my little studio space, moved from my kitchen into the studio space. Um, and I was <laughs> working like my second shift, I would call it. So I'd work at the golf club from like nine to five or like eight to five kind of thing. And then my studio happened to be down the street from the golf club. So I would go down there and work from like 5.30 until like 10 or 11 at night sometimes. Oh. And that day I had happened to go home first and I dropped. So there was this lady who had ordered from me locally and she was trying to get to my house for a while and she had a newborn. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, you're up the street. I'm just going to drop it off to you on my way to the studio. 
So it was like probably seven o'clock and I dropped it off to her, just like put it on her doorstep, whatever. And I went to the studio and I was like feeling so resentful and just so like, oh, I'm so over this. Like, I I can't do this. It's too hard. The two jobs, you mean? The two jobs. Yeah. I'm like, something's got to give. I can't do this. I'm so exhausted. Like, I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. And little did I know I was like in burnout. And uh, I had made the decision that night basically to shut down my company because I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. You know, I'm sacrificing too much here. And um, I was really sad. I was really disappointed in myself, but I was like, I just, something's got to give and this is going to be it. And it was like probably 1030 at night. I was like getting ready to leave. And I heard like the ding on my phone for an email. I'm like, who the hell's emailing me right now? So I checked the email and it was the lady who had dropped the candles off to earlier. And she sent me an email and she was just like, hey, I wanted to say thank you so much for dropping the candles off. Like it was tricky for me to get out because like my newborn, but I bought the candles and it was our sister, sister candle. And she was like, I bought the candle because, um, sorry, I get emotional when I think about this. Um, she said, I bought the candle because my uh, best friend just passed away and from a struggle with cancer. And this is the candle that she she burned all the time and it was her absolute favorite. And so I bought the candles to remember her and to um, just like honor her. Yeah. And I remember I just like, I lost it. I just like was on the floor of the studio, like bawling my eyes out. And um, it was just like an aha moment for me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Like, this isn't just me going to a studio and making candles and selling it. This isn't an exchange of dollars. Like this is, this is a product that is like, like how is something that I created in my mind that is now a physical product, helping someone overcome like grief and like bring up memories and like relive memories of someone who like meant so much to them like how like what and it was just like this total like zoom out moment where I kind of felt like I was like looking down on like a bird's eye view of like Mm -hmm. the impact and I'm not saying like like they're candles like it's not like I've got the best candles in the world or the only candles but it for me it was really just like a moment of like whoa this is so much more than what I thought it was and the impact goes beyond an exchange of dollars. And so for me, that was like really just my like aha moment where I was like, whoa. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, like I totally believe in God and a lot of people, you know, you hear the saying, your life's happening for you, not to you. Yeah. And like, as if I, if I like step back and like close my eyes and like, think about your life, like looking down on you, like watching you journey through and like run into walls and watching you even just embrace your own conviction, your own conviction about consumption and stuff. And then wanting, like you already had that desire in you to, to create something beautiful and you were doing it for other businesses Right. And then, and then recognizing like, just, it just looking down on it is so cool and thinking like how you were like, your mindset was like, I don't want this to do this for, for nothing or for no reason. Right. And then you, you kept trying to find that place. And you know, when you have those moments, I think so much in life is like, what was Kaylin made for? What is Kaylin's purpose? And like, I would never downplay, like I sell insurance at my offices, but I'm there to build relationships with, with people who sell our products, who love clients through the products. And I love the crap out of these girls every day, you know, and I'm here to, yeah, I celebrate life with them and I support them. And I tell them like, there's more that you're made for than this, this moment or whatever it is. So people could downplay that all the time. Be like, Oh, she sells insurance. You know, she's manages an insurance brokerage. But to me, I'm like, no, I am leading these women into greatness. I'm leading them to see what they're capable of. And I don't care where they go on from here. Just, I want them to be more empowered and engaged and, um, 
in that whole process. And so it's really cool because I feel like this was like God's purpose for you, that it was like, this is how you're going to share and you share joy. And something I wrote down was how much you are made to create an experience. Mm, Right. And so for me, I feel like I am literally made. And that's my whole thing with this podcast is I truly feel like my life's calling is to like, show you where you shine. Or if you already know, like continue to like, peel back that onion or people who have no idea where they shine, like, Oh, give those people to me. Like, I'll just like love them and shine them up all day. And I'll still challenge people. Right. But it's to me, it's about like, that's my purpose. And so the purpose of this podcast is that other people will see you and have hope. They'll see like what seems frivolous to someone else, but like is passion in their heart. Totally. And like, I think that if there were more people that like, let their passion come through and not be dimmed by fear. Um, I think that people would find a lot more joy in things that they do on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's so hard. And honestly, like, I think that the only reason I was able to do that is because I did have burnout and it really made me take like a good hard look at the way I was living my life. Like why I thought it was okay to work 24 seven. Um, And a lot of it came down to self-worth, like what my thoughts and what I believed about myself and what I was actually worth. Um, And I I don't know. I think that like doing self-work on yourself is never a bad thing. And um, it only strengthens like your your ability to, to allow yourself to do the things that you feel you're worthy of. Yeah. And I think so... So many people don't realize fear is a liar. Yeah. Yeah. And our like business for business thing. I like have written that down every time you've said it in that. Such a liar. Yeah. Such a liar. Like it is, it'll show you all the things that can hold you back, but you really have to be able to like shift and realize that there's a way around those things or, Mm -hmm. I don't know. For me, one shift that I've really had is um, turning like the fear and anxiety into like an ex- exciting feeling and really like leaning into that. And I'm like, like I don't know. I feel That's like the secret sauce, you know, that is absolutely it's yeah. crazy. I'm like, I understand why people are adrenaline junkies now, because it's like, like, I'm not the type of person to jump off of something high or do something scary or whatever. Not that type of adrenaline junkie at all. But I understand that it's the same feeling that people would get if they are doing that, right? Because if yeah. you're doing something that challenges you beyond what you think you can do and it's scary and you're going to survive it. So like totally. for me, that's my like safe adrenaline rush. <laughs> I think that's like my this sounds so funny because I was going to say, I'm an adrenaline junkie too. And I was like, no, I like haven't really done any of those things that an adrenaline junkie (laughs) would do. But I would say like one of my favorite things, it's not my favorite thing. I like hate it more than anything, but is having hard conversations. Mm -hmm. So like in business, in family relationships and all that stuff. And it's like, I know I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, but I just know it's going to make me stronger. And then the next time I write, like having those conversations showing up curious and transparent and steadfast and then still being kind, still being loving, still elevating that person and not putting yourself before them. Like that's a challenge. Like that's, that sounds like it's maybe not that hard, but it's really multifaceted trying it to is. do all of that at once. Right. And, and come up with a better relationship than you went in with and with more trust and more vulnerability. And so that's where it's like, but like the antithesis of vulnerability, I feel like is fear or something. Maybe, maybe that's not right. Maybe I've got antithesis wrong. The opposite of fear is vulnerability. I don't know, but I know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Forget it. I know Brene Brown says you can't have courage without fear and courage always go together. Yeah, totally. Like there's like- never courage without fear. And you're like the queen of vulnerability. And I love that about you, but it's good because it challenges people, right? People aren't good at being, we, we sugarcoat everything. That's because that's generally like society tells us that that's the way that we should live. Right. And, um, you know, like vulnerability, like there's something so powerful in it. And I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like there's a piece of vulnerability also that is about like being able to be like completely honest with yourself as well and not 
sort of uncovering the lies that we tell ourselves, right? Totally. Even what you said about not being able to post, um, you know, for three months or whatever you said earlier, I'm, I always say like, I'm like a rainbow, but I don't know if I say covered in shit or how it is I say it, but I'm like, I'm like a rainbow, but just like with tons of reality. Like, do you know what I mean? Like life is hard, but we're in this together and it's crap. And lately, like, oh, last week, like the province wide stuff came out and I just, and I see people wearing masks, riding their bikes. And I just like ugly cried, like so swollen the next day. And, and I haven't had anything to say because I have nothing positive to say. And I always want to put out something that's positive. And at the same time, I've hit a point this week where I I had a really um, great weekend and I was out in the woods a lot and that like really helps my soul. But at the same time, I'm like, I think I need to make a post that's like, guys, like I feel like garbage and we all do mostly. Yeah. (laughs) But just like even how, even how long it's taken, like one of the most vulnerable people to be like, I'm ready to publicly be like, I feel like shit. I feel awful. And I think recognizing that something I thought to myself the other day was I need more self-care than normal right now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. way more, all the things that like light me up in a healthy way. That's not like overeating or over drinking. Like that is what I need more. percent. What are you most proud of? Um, oh my goodness, probably, uh, believing in myself to do something yeah. that I never really thought that I, I would have the opportunity to do. Um, and so well, like so well. Yeah. Like it's my passion. I never, ever like, and being proud of myself comes with like so many obstacles that I've had to overcome. Right. It's like self-worth, like getting over negative self-talk, um, like calling myself on my own bullshit when I need to. Yeah. Um, and it's that kind of stuff. And I'm really lucky to have like such a great support network. Like I belong to a few masterminds and some business networking. And I've got some really other amazing um, female entrepreneurs in my life that I can sort of get those reality checks from. But yeah, it's really, it's really difficult to um, believe in yourself sometimes, especially when things get hard. So it's definitely something that I'm, I've come to believe in myself and I, I feel really good about that. Totally. And something I think like if we know, so if you like believe in the devil or not like believe in him, but like, if you like believe in like dark forces or you believe in like, I don't know, bad karma or whatever you believe in. One of my things is, is, um, if Satan can keep you afraid, he can keep you super small. And then once you're not afraid anymore, he's going to hit you with imposter syndrome. Like that's hundred percent. Right. And that's where it's like, not today, get behind me, Satan. Like it's not happening. So that's where I'm like, if your mind can be controlled by something other than God and you know, like he's going to take you and he's going to keep you imprisoned in your own little comfy jail that you create for yourself. Totally. It's so crazy. And I think that's why it just like makes me, it brings out this like like this feeling of anger, like not towards the person, mm. but like what I was saying before is like when someone's like, Oh, I wish I could do that. And I'm just like, just believe in yourself. Like yeah. it will happen for you. Like just get there and believe in yourself because honestly, I've done some dumb things in my, in my journey to like where I am today. I've made some stupid decisions. I've worked myself into the ground but at the end of the day, like all of that stuff actually helped me believe in myself more because I learned that I can survive every single hiccup that comes along and yeah. I can pivot and I can change. And like, without those struggles, then you can't really appreciate what you have. So no, I mean, like, that's why I think it makes me like upset or feel angry that those, that people that come to me have the, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, no, you can like, Mm-hmm. keep falling down. Cause that's how you're going to learn to stay up. I know. And, and when you talked like about, um, learning to embrace the stress and almost see it as a positive thing, that's what I try to do now in all those areas. Like even right now I'm like, okay, like I'm really hating this, but what are the, what's the bright side? I get way more time with my three boys, like, or you know what I mean? Like I'm, my whole focus is like get into the forest or get to the ocean or whatever. But I think it's like the more you can change your perspective on stress or I guess I want to say bad things. And yet a lot of the stuff you you're going to come in contact with during the day, isn't a bad thing. It's just another level level of pressure. 
right? That you're going to face. And the more that you can, you literally can physiologically change. Now my doctor friends might be like, that is false, but I feel like you can change the amount of cortisol that's released in your body by changing your mindset. Do you think that's real? I think it is a hundred percent. Like, honestly, every person that I know that practices gratitude on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. they are like completely different humans. Like, honestly, I've had friends that have generally been like, woe is me people who have like started practicing gratitude on a daily basis. And now like after doing it for a couple months or years or whatever, they're like totally different people. And I'm like, nothing else changed in your life. Like, Right. right. I just your mindset. That it's a thing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's like my favorite thing about your story is because you can see the pivots. Oh, and I feel like God was like, you're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. And then it's like, but you have to do the work to figure it out. And then once you figure it out, it's like, just like a waterfall over you of like freedom and joy. Yeah. You like got there, you made it. And now it's like, now you just get to live into your purpose all your days. Totally. And it's crazy that you say it's like a waterfall because actually like, I don't know, like I drive a decent amount and like driving for me is like pretty cathartic. Actually. It's like one of my things that I do to like calm down and just like de-stress. It's like sort of like you were saying is being near the water. Um, and like recently I feel like it's hit me as a, like a waterfall when I've been driving and I just am like so grateful for like, I've been through a lot of really hard things, like, in the in the past four years. Like, just personally, um, like, with the business, just a lot of challenges. And I just get these waves where I'm so grateful, and I just, like, start crying for, like, no reason. I'll, like, have to pull over on the side of the road and just, like, have an ugly cry. And I'm just, like, I am so grateful that my life was so hard and that, like, I've been challenged in the way that I needed to be challenged to get here. Because like, it wasn't a pretty road, but at the end of the day, like if the payoff can feel this good and like, obviously I'm talking about it as if it's like, I feel super great. And I'm like on this like cloud nine, 24, seven, seven days a week. And it's not like that, but I mean, like in general, like kind of like getting over that hump and really like changing your mindset just changes your life. I think so too. I, when I was, I was in Vancouver last week. And, um, it was my dream to move to the coast. Like I, it it kind of started when I was little, we'd go to Vancouver every summer for two weeks and visit these friends. It's probably started from like grade Mm -hmm. eight on. And it was like my favorite thing. And I remember always wanting to stay there and I didn't want to come back. And then over time, starting in like 2015, my husband and I were like, why do we live in Alberta? Like, this is ridiculous. We need to get out of here. And then it became like, same thing. Like I would see people and I'd be like, I can't, you're so lucky you get to live there. And they'd be like, well, you can make choices too. And like, come here and stuff. Right. And I will drive over those bridges and my eyes, my whole body is just like, I can't believe this is my life. I made it. I get to live here all the time, but there's something about, about getting towards that ferry in Vancouver. And I'm coming over these bridges and I'm like, is this even real? And I think the lie is that easy and good go together and it's really challenging and rewarding that go together. Right. So like the lie is that an easy life is one you're going to write a book about. Nope. It's a challenging life with, with like peaks and valleys. And that's what makes you pull over and ball your eyes out because you're like, I can't believe I get to live this life. Totally. We should be having those moments. Because it yeah. means it means we've gone through challenging things. And if our life should create produce anything in us, it should be gratitude. Hundred percent. Right? Hundred percent. And it's so crazy because there's like even in like the hardest times that I've gone through in the last like few years, um, like there was always little things that were gratitude, you know, like you can wake up and be driving to work and like see a beautiful sunrise and just be so grateful for it that it overwhelms you. And I think that a lot of the times people will like push that, that overwhelming feeling down because you know, it's not something that you've earned, but yeah, you have to feel it. Like you just let that, just let it overcome you. Let it take you over. Right. I'm always like, I don't want this to ruin my mascara. (laughs) (laughs) That's my biggest thing is I'm always like, oh, it's coming. But I'm like someone who I don't like to feel my feelings. Like, especially if it's 
rejection or if it's something to do with family, I'm like, okay, I just don't want, I'm just going to like not think about this or whatever. But like my new thing in the last while is like, Hey, if I, if I know I struggle to feel my feelings, I'm going to feel them. So like now, totally. I'm like, hey, well, I forget what it was last. Oh, it was Remembrance Day and it was so unexpected. We went to the beach and all of a sudden we're just staring out at the water. It's 11 a.m. People around us, everyone's kind of like, I heard them whispering like, it's 11, it's 11. So we just were all totally silent. And all of a sudden a man up on the mountain starts playing his bagpipes. And it was oh like, I felt God. like I could see like soldiers coming with their boats across the water. And like, I just was like, I forgot I'd put on mascara because it was a day off. I wasn't going to do that. And I'm like rubbing my eyes. And my oh, kids no. are like, mom, what happened? I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. They're like fright night. I'm like, oh my gosh. But it was like, I was so taken by that moment. It was so unexpected. And my gratitude was so deep. Right. Like, totally. and last but not least, where can my listeners find you? On the gram. Um, we are on Instagram at Canvas Candle Co. Um, our website is www.canvascandleco.com. Um, we've got our full e-commerce shop up there. And then we also actually have a bunch of retailers um, throughout the lower mainland, on the island, um, and I guess across Canada now, which is crazy to think about. Um, but we have a little spot on our website where you can go put your address in and um, find the closest reta- retailer to you. You also have like, do you have something so people can smell your stuff? Yeah. So we have these little scent sample packs um, that we kind of brought out when COVID started because obviously scent is very subjective. So we wanted people to be able to try our fragrances before they commit to buying a full candle so we've got little scent sample packs on our website they're just mini little candles of each of our fragrances that you can order and we ship it to you and you can smell and test them out um, before you choose your favorite fragrance what's your favorite oh my gosh it changes all the time but probably I want to say sister sister is my favorite just because the meaning behind it and um, I named it after sort of my sister, um, and our relationship. So it's actually become sort of like a cult classic candle now and people like love it. And we actually just came out with a perfume roller of it too, because I had so many requests for it. So thank you so much for coming on here. I absolutely love chatting with you. I'm so excited. People go check out Kaylin, buy her candles for your sister, for your mom, for your friends, for your boss. It's just a great, like, unisex present men like candles my husband loves to light candles because it's cozy yeah super cozy right it's very very good so thanks so much for being here friend awesome well thank you so much for having me this has been really fun thanks for tuning in you guys i hope that left you feeling a little more hopeful a little more joyous and a little more merry merry as you progress into this holiday season i hope you sit back hope you relax And I hope you have a great rest of your month. Merry Christmas.